We're in Luke chapter 13, and we're actually finishing up the chapter this morning. Uh, so uh, I'm going to be in verse 22. We're going to work our way uh, all the way down uh, through verse 35. Um, so if you have your Bibles, I'd ask you to open them up to Luke 13, starting in verse 22. If you've got a bulletin, sermon notes are going to be very helpful. Um, we've been talking about uh, our goal this month is to get out and to do something to get out and, and, and in a physical, tangible way, uh, express the love of God to people in our community. And the challenge this, uh, this month is, is pretty straightforward. We want you to bless somebody at the grocery store. That's what we want you to do. And so uh, we've asked you to, to be praying about how the Lord has blessed you. It's got to start there. Uh, we don't we don't count our blessings. We're not ever going to understand that we've been blessed to bless others. And so we've got to start there. Uh, and then we're going to ask you to be praying for divine uh, opportunity uh, to do that. That means that you actually have to be inside the grocery store uh, for that. You can't, you can't pray for the divine opportunity and then not go to the store. Okay. doesn't work very well that way. And, uh, and so I uh, want you to, 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 to do that. Now I'll, I'll tell you one of the side effects of praying for those kind of opportunities. God will actually bring extra opportunities into your life. Uh, and, and I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, I think last Friday, a couple Fridays ago, I, I don't know. We, we got 80 pounds of chicken from somewhere. I, I don't know. Hope, hope it, she, it, she ordered it like two months ago, and it just came on this big, massive truck, 80 pounds of chicken. It was awesome. But you had to pick it up at like 8.30 in the morning at one location. And so dropped kids off, and I was heading out that way. And sure enough, I see out of the corner of my eye a young woman with a flat tire had pulled over off of 290. And uh, I, I'm kind of driving, and the Holy Spirit's like, you should go help. Holy Spirit, it's 8 o'clock. i got 30 minutes to get there. You know what I'm saying? And uh, praise Jesus, you know, so went ahead and, and did a U-turn. And turns out that that young lady has been here in this church before, that she was friends uh, with a young lady that grew up in this church. And she was so grateful that somebody was willing to stop and just change her tire. And, uh, you know, lovingly instructing her and showing her, by the way, this is how you do this, Okay. With the jack under the car, but the car not up in the air. Let's 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 break these loose. Now we're gonna jack it up, and now this you know, and, and walked her through it lovingly and those kind of things. But um, but God will bring those opportunities. So I, I want to share. Um, let, let's start here. How many of you have at least started the process of praying for an opportunity to do this? Okay. How many of you have seen that opportunity fulfilled yet? Okay, a couple. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, I want to I want to encourage you again. What we want to do is we want to share experiences. So I'm going to ask you: Would you email your experience to me? You don't, you don't even have to. I'm, I will. I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to use your name. Uh, I, but we want to encourage and spur one another on to get this done. And so uh, I'm going to share an instance um, this morning about somebody that may have looked at their opportunity and they said, "You know what? It, it didn't work." They might have said that. See, because they went to the store. And they were in line, and somebody in front of them was buying uh, cans of Insure. And uh, the conversation was, was, had to do with, with a husband that hadn't been doing well. And, uh, and, and so uh, what happened is the offer was made, can I, can I do that? And the request was denied. So, no, I, I, can't, I can't let you pay uh, for this. But um, our, our member, being wise and, and smart, uh, reached... Uh, out of nowhere, and, and said, well, here, at least take my coupon for those. And so uh, the lady in line used the coupon, and, and she checked out. Now, somebody say, well, that, that woman denied the blessing. Well, no, because guess what happened? After she checked out, she started to walk away, and she then suddenly turned around, went back and hugged our member and said, thank you so much for the offer. 
Um, see, sometimes the blessing is just knowing that somebody sees you and is thinking about you, right? And so uh, I, w- I just want to encourage you. Go ahead and do it, all right? I know it feels awkward. I know it seems strange. But there are people out there, and God's got them lined up for you. There are people out there uh, that are ready for you to do that, okay? We're going to pray. As we do, I want to ask you specifically to pray this prayer with me. There's a song by Matt Redman. It has a lyric in it. It says, I can see the light that is coming for the heart that holds on. There will be an end to these troubles, but until that day comes, still I will praise you, still I will praise you. Last Sunday in our midst, we had a crazy Sunday. You guys that were here at 8.30, we had the, the fireworks show uh, across the street with blue flames shooting down 30 feet. Uh, that was awesome. And then no power. Uh, and then the, the 11 o'clock service was completely different. And, uh, and, but God moved in both. And we had somebody in our midst, the 11 o'clock service, uh, that had been having, uh, out of nowhere, had panic attacks that were just grabbing. They couldn't, they couldn't sleep. 36 hours, no sleep. The Lord delivered them Sunday morning from that. But I want you to understand, for every family that's been delivered, we've still got two that are struggling. I've got two families this morning that are fighting. And they are fighting, and they are holding on. They can see the light, but they are holding on, and they are struggling um, with, with uh, family members that, that are battling depression. And, I mean, life kind of battles. Not, not like, hey, I just don't feel very good. I mean, life kind of battles. And so this morning, before we enter our text, would you just bow your head for a moment and pray that they would hold on? Would you just pray that they would hold on? Would you pray that God would break through for them? Father, we lift up our loved ones here, church members, those that are in the middle of um, really is a fight for life. They're battling and they're holding on and they're clinging to the cross. And Jesus, I firmly believe if it were not for you inside of them, I think they would have given up by now. But yet they fight. They continue to swing away. They've gone to loved ones. They've said, help, please. Lord, I'm praying right now that you would just break through. That you would just break through and that you would give them hope to continue to hold on to you and your promises that never fail. God, I pray for complete healing and restoration of their minds and their bodies and their spirits. Father, as we enter into this time of studying your word, We want to invite the Holy Spirit to come and take his rightful place in our lives as our teacher and our guide. Teach us the ways of Jesus that we might be transformed into the image of Christ. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. Daddy, the little girl, asked as she knelt down and picked up a handful of what she called flowers that really weeds. Does everybody go to heaven? It was the sweetest 
most innocent question anyone had ever asked him, but it immediately struck his heart with a chord of dread. How could he answer his beautiful daughter's innocent inquiry without breaking her fragile and frail heart? How could he speak truth and yet not hurt her? So that dad, he knelt down, he took his little daughter's hands in his, and he looked right in her eyes with a smile on his face. And he said, honey, I want you to know that God has provided a way for everyone to go to heaven. But darling, the sad thing is not everyone is going to accept that. The little girl withdrew her hands. She put her chin on her chest. She simply said, Oh, Daddy, that's very sad. The dad scooped his princess up in her arms and hugged her as close as he could. And he said, You know what, honey? You're right. That is very, very sad. See, the question that that little girl asked her dad is a question that many of us ask of God, isn't it? God, does everyone get to go to heaven? It's a question that someone in our text asked of Jesus this morning. And it's a question I want you to look carefully to see how he answers. I'm in Luke chapter 13, starting in verse 22. It says, Then Jesus went through the towns and the villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? Now, you may not notice it, but that's the question. That's the same question the little girl asked her dad. You see, the Jewish mindset in Jesus' day was this. All Jews, all of Israel is going to be saved. And clearly the person in this crowd had been listening to the teachings of Jesus and they saw something that was very uh, far off from the teaching of the Pharisees. And so because they have an understanding that all people are going to heaven, all of their people at least, they, and they hear the teachings of Jesus, that they're required to ask, wait, wait a second, what, are you saying that only a few people are going to heaven? You see, it, it, it's the same question. Notice how Jesus responds. He said to them, verse 24, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open this door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then we will say, but we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all of the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves are thrown out. People will come from the east and the west and the north and the south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and first who will be last. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. 
He replied, go tell that fox, I will drive out demons and heal people today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will reach my goal. In any case, I must keep going today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those that uh, those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Three things I want you to see this morning, and I want to begin with this. I want you to understand this morning that God longs for people to repent and believe in Jesus. God longs for people to repent and believe in Jesus. Verse 34, this is Jesus speaking. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those that are sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. I want you to see the heart of God this morning. Jesus is speaking over Jerusalem. He's speaking over the Jews. He's speaking to the people that he came to save, the people that would argue with his authority, that would deny his divinity, that would reject his rule uh, over their lives. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? We're not Jews, but that too is our story. Now, I don't want you to miss this. I want you to see... The heart that Jesus has for those types of people. You know, people with those same attitudes. People like you and me. Verse 34. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers chicks under her wings. The word longed, it means to will. It means to intend. It means to desire. It means to love. Listen, God loves you. And Jesus is proof. God longs, he desires to gather you to himself. And and, and that is not just his heart for you. We have to understand that is his heart for all of humanity. You see, there can not be any sanctified snobbery in, in, in our midst. Well, yes, I, I know that's how God feels about me. I mean, I'm, I'm one of his children. I'm one of the chosen ones. I'm one of the elect. Yes, if you're in Christ, God has elected you, but you must never forget that there was a time that you rejected him. It's all of our stories. God's heart for lost people is found in these pages of Scripture. God longs to gather his people to himself. Jesus came and died for sinners, of whom we are the worst. So we have to start here. We've got to hang this truth over our conversation this morning. We ask of God, God, does everyone get to go to heaven? God gently takes our hand. He kneels down. And he points to the cross. And he says, I want you to understand that I love everyone. I want you to understand that I long for everyone to believe 
I don't want anyone to perish. But my heart is that all would come to repentance. That's a summary of 2 Peter 3.9, by the way. See his heart today. God longs for people to repent and to believe in Jesus. All right? Second thing I want you to see in the text. Anyone who believes Jesus is the only one can be saved. Anyone who believes Jesus is the only one can be saved. The question based on Jewish belief and the teaching of Jesus was, was so then, Lord, who, who, who can be saved? Will only a few be saved? Remember, this person thought everyone is going to be saved. Is everyone going to go to heaven? God, that's the heart of the question. But they've heard the teachings of Jesus, and so now they're asking, well, well are only a few going to be saved then? And again, it just seems so honest and, and innocent, this inquiry. And I want you to see his response. See his love on display. He is loving but he is also honest. He says, listen, now there's the question. The question's been asked, but then Jesus just looks at the person. Isn't that always awesome that Jesus always takes the time to look at the person? We, we ask crazy questions of God, and yet it, it seems that even when God doesn't answer us directly, that at least he'll pause and look us in the eye. And he looks the person in the face, and he says, you you. Now, I, I know you're asking about others. I know you're asking about who all will be saved. But you, you, verse 24, you make every effort to enter through the narrow door. You. Saying, listen, there is a door. There's a doorway to God. There is a doorway to heaven. Jesus is acknowledging that, but he is also saying that doorway is not nearly as wide as people think. And many people are going to miss it. Notice the words. This, this is a play on words on purpose. This is a story of contrast. Will only a few get to go to heaven? And Jesus says, many will miss. Few and many. They're there on purpose. You've got to see the contrast. Many are, are going to miss it. This is the exclusivity of the gospel. That there is only one door. There is only one gate. There is only one Way Jesus says in, in the book of John, He is the gate. He is the way. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. This is the exclusivity of the gospel. He's the only way to be saved. And I want you to understand what's at stake, by the way. Continuing just through the text, verse 28, I want you to understand what is at stake. This way has been provided, but many are going to miss it, and it will be a grave mistake. It will be an eternal mistake. Verse 28, there will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth. There's gravity in this text. Now, some might say, like the young girl to her father, but dad, that doesn't seem fair that there's only one way. Now, the adult, the hardened heart, might even go as far to say that it is conceited for a Christian to declare that there is only one way to heaven. Christian, I want to encourage you, that person's problem is not with the Christian. That person's problem is with the Christ. But walk a bit further with me. I, I, I need you to see this. And, and, and here's the deal. The people that make that argument, if they would just walk a bit further with us, they would see this. Look at verse 
29. People will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and first who will be last. We have looked at the exclusivity of the gospel. Now I want you to see the inclusivity of the invitation. Jesus is the one and only, but he is available to anyone who believes. Anyone who believes John 3, 14 and 15. We've memorized 16. We forgot about these two jewels. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Everyone who believes. Someone in the crowd asked earnestly of Jesus, are only a few going to be saved? Jesus takes them by the hand, looks deep into their eye, unable to tell them a lie. He loves them and he tells them gently, the door is narrow, but it is open to all who believe. Number three, please understand that repentance and a personal relationship with Jesus are required to be saved. Repentance and a personal relationship with Jesus are required to be saved. We saw the heart of God in verse 34, how he longs to gather his people to himself. But there is also a sad reality in that verse. I want to revisit it with you. Look at verse 34 again in the text. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. That's that's God's longing heart for you. But I want you to see the sadness there, how the verse ends. It says, but you were not willing. This is the saddest part of our stories, really the saddest part of human history, that God has provided a way for everyone to be saved, that God has provided a way for everyone to go to heaven, but not everyone is willing to accept it. Why? The Bible tells us page after page, story after story, that the reason is pride because it demands repentance. That's acceptance that you're wrong. It demands confession at some point that we're willing to come face to face with the fact that we've argued with his authority, that we've denied his divinity, that we've rejected his right to rule over our lives. And we turn from that ignorance We turn from that self-centeredness and we turn to Jesus, understanding that we have a desperate need for him. We can't do it on our own and by ourselves. And there are many people that are unwilling to walk through that door. Many, the Bible says, will miss it. But to be saved, we must repent. In the same way, I, I need you to see this morning that there can be no salvation without a personal relationship. There can be no salvation without repentance, but there can also be no salvation without a personal relationship. Look at verse 25 through 27. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you're going to stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. 
but he'll answer, I don't know you or where you came or where you come from, then you will say, but we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all of you evil doers. See, many of those that will miss out, actually of the many that miss out, according to the text, most of them will have some knowledge of Jesus. Let the, let the gravity of that sink in. Of, of the many, Jesus says, many will not enter. Of the many that don't get in, most of them will have some knowledge of Jesus. They're going to say, but we ate with you, and we drank with you, and we heard you teach a couple of times in, in our town. In, in other words, they're going to say, but we knew you culturally. We had been around. We had been exposed to you. We knew you culturally. Are you telling us that that cultural Christ following is not enough? His response is chilling. No. It's not. It's not enough to know me culturally. You must know me Personally. S.M. Lockridge, the great sermon, that's my king. There's a chilling question he asked throughout the sermon, repeated over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. He says, that's my king. And it's immediately followed by this question. Do you know him? Do you know him? Not do you know of him. Not have you sat and eaten a meal or drank a glass of wine with people that know him. Not have you sat and heard someone teach about him. Not have you worn a necklace with a symbol about him. Not whether you have listened to a radio station that sings songs about him. Not whether you have the t-shirts that talk about him. Do you know him? It's not enough to have a cultural knowledge. You have got to know him. You've got to have a personal knowledge. I'm going to give you some application and we'll close our time. First and foremost, I want to tell you this. Please make every effort to enter through that narrow door before it is too late. There's an implied truth in the story, and that implied truth is that the door is open now but it is closing. Did you see the other implied truth that once it is closed, it will not be reopened? There's only one door. It is narrow, but it is for anyone who believes. And the time is now. If today, for any reason, you find yourself undecided, Could I simply say, today, please make every effort to know 
to, I would say this. Long for your neighbors to know him. Long for your neighbors to know him. It's the same thing, guys. It's not enough for us to be the sanctified. It's not enough for us to be comfortable in saying that we are God's elect. That is sanctified snobbery. God's heart, 2 Peter 3, 9, is that everyone would repent. Everyone. Everyone. Jesus was brokenhearted over the loss. What's your excuse, friend? King of kings, Lord of lords. I think he had a few things on his plate. Amen. Pastor, I'm busy. Life is hard. I'm stressed out. Yeah, really? You're stressed out? Talk to me about Jesus, huh? You've read Gethsemane, right? You know what happens in that garden where he, he actually, his sweat turns into drops of blood? You guys heard, read that one, right? I, I think he was a little more stressed than you. And yet I want you to see his heart for people. Friends, if you're wondering if we're missing the mark, next door, across the street, the person behind you in the checkout line. God will answer that question for you all day. If you're not broken over the fact that they may not know the Lord, then you're missing the mark. So am I. There's only one door. For now, it is open to all. But it will close. And when it does... It's not a pretty picture. We've got to have a heart for our neighbors. You ask innocently today, will everyone go to heaven? Well, my dear, the truth is that God has provided a way for everyone to go to heaven. He sent his one and only son, Jesus. He stepped out of heaven and into humanity and he lived the perfect life that we couldn't. He fulfilled the law that demanded death for sin for our sake he died on a cruel cross he was buried but he refused to stay dead he rose again on the third day he ascended into heaven where he now sits at the right hand of the father and advocates for us if we're willing to turn from our sin turn to him have a personal relationship with him then we can enter in to that glorious place called heaven. It's for everyone who believes and for everyone who repents. That's the good news. My friends, it would be better news if everyone in this room believed, if everyone in this room believed and everyone made sure that they really knew him. you guys pray with me? Lord Jesus, you are good. Your word endures forever. I pray today that no one here would be unsure. If there's any thought here today that maybe we just know Jesus on a cultural level, I pray that you would do away with that. Lord, many will say, But didn't we eat with you? Didn't we drink with you? Didn't we hear you teach a time or two? And you will say, 
you, the one who died for the sins of the world, the one who longs for everyone to repent, you will have to say on that day, away from me, I don't know you. It's not good enough. Lord, let nothing stand in our way. Let nothing stand in our way. In Jesus' name, amen.